Well, today we're going to continue our series called Good News for All. As a church family, we've been studying the gospel of Luke together, and we're in Luke chapter 2. We're in the last few verses of Luke chapter 2, and I began a little collection of talks in the two previous messages called The Silent Years of Jesus. We've been looking at what Jesus was up to in between the age of 12 and 30 before he stepped into ministry. And Luke gives us just a little clue of what was happening in Jesus's life. And so it says this, Luke chapter 2, verse 39 to 40, and then verse 52, it says this, When Jesus's parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. And verse 52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. As a family last year, we had a wonderful surprise towards the latter part of the year. My auntie told us that she was pregnant with her third child. We were all surprised, we were all shocked, including my uncle Carwin as well. He couldn't believe it, but we were absolutely thrilled with this news. We've had some tough times as a family over the last couple of years, and we were just so looking forward to this wonderful news, celebrating and welcoming in to our family a new member. We were so excited to see this baby. And then in April of this year, we welcomed Isaiah into our family and he is so, so wonderful. He's such a, an amazing bundle of joy. He's just fills the room with happiness. He is an absolutely incredible baby. But you know what? What amazes me over these last few months is just how quickly he's growing. He's growing up so fast. You know, I, I often call into my grandparents' house. I'm, I'm there a few times each week and, and he's often in there when I see him. But, but, you know, even in between each time that I see him, it's amazing how quickly he's growing up. You can see everything about him. He's developing in so many ways. He's such a happy little boy. He's a real character, but he's growing in height. His weight is coming on. His personality is developing. You know, he's smiling. He's laughing. He's even in one of those walker things where he's bouncing around all day long socially. He's interacting with different people. It's just amazing to see the growth in such a short period of time. It's amazing seeing how he's growing, not just in stature, but he's growing in all these different ways as well. You know, you and I, we are continuing to grow as well. Some of us are getting taller and taller. Others of us are shrinking. We're getting on in age. You know, I'm noticing a few more gray hairs coming along with me. I'll be 30 next year and I can't believe it. But, you know, we're growing, not just physically, but we grow in so many ways, don't we? Socially, emotionally, physically, mentally, we grow in so many different ways. And, you know, as we come to Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, we see this was happening with Jesus. In these silent years of Jesus, where people might be wondering, what did Jesus do before he stepped into ministry? Well, Luke tells us that he grew. And he grew in a number of different areas. Last time we saw how Jesus grew in wisdom. But today we see how Jesus grew in another area as well. And, and this is one of the great mysteries and miracles about our God, is that our God, Jesus, he's fully man, but he's fully God as well. He grew just like you and me. And we'll read it again, verse 39 to 40 and verse 52. It says, when Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. 
52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. So last time we seen how Jesus, as fully man, he grew in wisdom. He was filled with wisdom and he grew in wisdom. But Luke goes on to tell us that not only did he grow in wisdom, but Jesus grew in stature. Now you might be wondering, what does stature mean? Well, stature can be defined as someone's height. He grew physically, obviously he got taller and taller. We don't know how tall Jesus was. We don't know how tall his parents were. But what we know is Jesus grew in stature. He physically grew. However, I believe you that Luke is trying to tell us something else as well. The Bible is trying to tell us something more about Jesus' growth here. That, that this growth in stature had a lot more to it than just growing physically. Stature has to do with not only our bodies, but it has to do with our mind, our spirit, and our emotions. You know, these are crucial walks, are crucial parts to any walk of life, but even more so to us as Christians. We are spirit first, then soul, and then body. And, you know, we, we grow in all of these ways. And as followers of Jesus, we need to be growing in these ways, constantly learning, constantly changing, constantly growing. We need to be a people who are growing because Jesus grew. John Gardner, he was this 20th century sociologist and he once said this. He said, by their mid-30s, most people would have stopped acquiring new skills or new attitudes in any new central aspects of their lives. And so I wonder today, as we look at this subject of Jesus growing in stature in his body, growing in his soul, his spirit, his mind emotionally, I wonder today, have you stopped growing in those areas? As I said, I'm 30 years old next year and I'm already coming to that point where I feel like I know it all. You know, we, we all get to that stage in life, don't we? We feel like I've learned all this, I know all this, I don't need anybody to tell me anything new. But you know, I wonder, have you stopped growing? I wonder if you stopped taking care of your, your body, if you stopped developing your spiritual life, if you stopped taking care of your soul and your body. You know, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15 to 16, the Apostle Paul was writing to this young pastor, young Christian leader called Timothy, and he's encouraging him here. And he says these wise words. He says, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. In other words, the Bible encourages us to keep growing, not just spiritually growing, but in all other ways, in all areas of our life, we need to be growing. Body, soul, spirit, we need to be growing. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it reminds us that, that we're on this journey, even spiritually speaking, even in our faith, we're in on this journey as disciples of becoming more like Jesus. It says this in 2 Corinthians, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. We have constantly on this journey of growing. This side of eternity will never become the finished product. We're always growing. Until we meet Jesus and we are perfected in Him, we're always growing this side of eternity. And that's what Jesus was doing. He grew in these years. He grew physically, but I'm sure spiritually in his soul and his body. And we should grow also. We should grow in stature. We should grow in these areas. And I want to say here, 
it's your responsibility to grow in these areas. It's your responsibility to take care of your own spiritual life, of your soul, of your body, of your emotions. So many Christians will pin their spiritual problems and the fact that they're not growing in so many areas on church leaders and on churches and other Christians. That's not the case. It's your responsibility and my responsibility. Ecclesiastes says this, Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10. Using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. You know, as followers of Jesus, we need to continually sharpen our spirits, our minds, our bodies and emotions. We need to constantly be growing. So you might wonder today, how do we do that? How do we sharpen the axe, so to speak? How do we stay fresh? How do we keep growing in these areas? Well, we look at spirit, first of all. How do we sharpen our spirits? Well, that comes by daily connecting with our Savior, by connecting with Jesus. Jesus said these words in John 15, verse 5 to 8. He says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch that withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burnt. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This will bring great glory to my Father. You know, something powerful happens when we spend our days with Jesus, when we spend time with Jesus every single day. There's this divine exchange that takes place. He begins to change us to become more like him. He begins to mold us. He begins to guide us. He begins to help us. You know, when we connect to Jesus, the vine, every single day, when we spend time with Jesus every day through prayer, through reading our Bibles, through worship, it makes us know who God is, have a greater revelation of God, and it helps us to walk reverently as well. Spending time in God's presence helps keep us fresh. It helps secure the anointing of God. And I don't know about you, but I need the anointing of God every day in my life. I need to know God leading me, guiding me. I need to know the presence and help of God in my everyday life. And that will only come as you spend time with Jesus every day. Don't just wait for church on Sunday. Don't wait just for the prayer meeting. Connect with Jesus every single day. We need to have a devotional time with Jesus. Why? Because then when we are connected to Jesus, we're able to be used by Jesus. When we receive the anointing from God, we're then able to minister powerfully for God to those around us. Jesus modeled this to us in Mark chapter 1 verse 35 to 39. We're actually looking at this in our prayer meeting at this moment in time. And here's a shameless plug. Come along to our prayer meeting on a Wednesday night. But this is what it says, Mark 1, 35 to 39. Before daybreak the next morning... Jesus got up and went to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone's looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. One morning of prayer, give Jesus a full day of authority. He gave him anointing. He gave him direction. He had a clear sense of mission and he gave him victory over the enemy. And I want to encourage you, connect with Jesus. We need to connect with Jesus every day. And that's how we sharpen our spirits, by connecting to the vine, spending time in the presence of God every day, being filled with the Holy Spirit 
every day. We need the Lord every day. And so that's how we sharpen our spirits. I want to encourage you to do that. It's your responsibility, my responsibility. We are to care for our own spiritual life. So I want to encourage you, sharpen your spirit. Secondly, I believe as Christians, we need to sharpen our minds as well. We should always be seeking to learn and grow and understand in new ways. Jesus says this in Luke 2, 49 to 50. He said, but why did you need to search? He asked, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Jesus there at the age of 12 had spent time when his parents went to Jerusalem. Jesus was in the temple with the other rabbis and he was teaching and he was spending time in his father's presence, learning and growing. And Jesus wants to see, uh, Jesus learned as Luke wants us to see here. You know, there's something interesting here that we, we often forget. We, we sometimes forget about the society and the culture that Jesus was a part of. But, you know, there was a, during Jesus' time, there was a strong commitment to learning the scriptures in the first century and in the Jewish world. And I believe this became a guide to Jesus during his young age. Jesus, he would have gone through this educational process and just like all other young men, other Jews at that time. It's been said before in, in some Bible books, which I've been reading, some Bible commentaries, that, that at the age of five years old, one is able, is fit for Scripture, to begin learning Scripture. So five years old children can begin learning Scripture. They, they were encouraged to read and to memorize the Torah and the other parts of the Tanakh, the Old Testament. They were encouraged to do that. You know, and that's what we want to encourage. Even as a church, we've got our Gateway Kids program during our Sunday morning service where they have Bible stories and they memorize God's word. It's so important to know God's word and for them to grow in that way. But at five years old, they were ready to begin learning scripture. At 10 years old, it was oral Torah. In other words, they were teachings and they were interpretations of the Torah that were handed down by various rabbis or teachers, and, and they would uh, orally know the Torah. At the age of 13 years old, it would be a time for them to begin fulfilling the commandments. And this was when formal study ended, and they'd begin to learn a trade. And the, the more talented young men, they, they'd spend time in the house of interpretation, understanding scripture at the synagogue, until they were then married at the age of 18 or 20. At the age of 18, then if if you if they were going to get married, then it, it would happen at this time. But it wasn't an expectation for them. At 20 years old, for Jewish men, this was the structure for Jewish men uh, at that time. There was 20, they would begin pursuing a vocation, a job. And then by the age of 30, they were then able to teach others. They were able to become rabbis and have their own disciples so we see here, this was the, the education system, if you like, that Jesus would have gone through. So Jesus would have been learning, just like every other Jewish boy at that time. Even though he's fully God, he knows all things, Jesus, as fully man, he would have learned. The Apostle Paul, he was constantly sharpening his mind. I love what it says towards the end of Paul's life in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. He says, he says, when you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Also, bring my books and especially my papers. Even at the end of his life, Paul didn't stop learning and growing. Why? Because Paul knew and Jesus knew that if, he, if they didn't take time to sharpen their mind, then ministry would outgrow them. They wouldn't be able to minister effectively for the Lord. 
Paul realized the importance of becoming a lifelong learner. You know, I love what Eric Hopper once said. He said, in a time of drastic change, it is the learners who inherit the future. And so I want to encourage you today. God wants to encourage us. Keep learning. Don't just read the word of God, but study the word of God. And we've got some great resources and tools as a church to help you begin to study and understand God's word for yourself. Keep reading. Keep listening to podcasts. Keep having conversation conversations with other people. Let's be a people who are constantly sharpening our minds. Number three, we have to constantly be growing, learning in those areas of our spirit sharpening, our spirits sharpening our minds. But we also need to sharpen our bodies as well. We have to take care of our bodies. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. So you might say, how do we take care of our bodies? This is actually a biblical thing. This isn't just a world thing or superficial thing just to look good or to get attention or attraction. It's nothing to do with that. God says here, even as Christians, we need to look after our bodies. So how do we do that? Well, it's by eating well, resting wisely and exercising consistently. You know, I believe no one is too too busy to not exercise for at least 15 to 20 minutes, three times a week. Nobody's too busy to go for a little walk here or there. The NHS actually encourages this, that, that we should be walking at least 30 minutes a day. And now I'm grateful that, that I have a dog, so I get out more than 30 minutes a day. I've been part of a tennis club since June and you know, I, I, I've lost about four or five pounds since joining that and not that's not from my wallet, that's weight that I've lost. And, you know, I feel so much better because of the exercise that I've been having. And I'd encourage you as well to exercise, go to the gym, go to, for a walk, join a sports club, whatever it is, just keep on moving. Jesus shows us the importance of this as well. Mark 6 verse 30 to 32 says, The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry to her and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles, apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. Jesus took time as well, not only to, I'm sure as a carpenter, he must have been a strong guy. That's That was his trade. He must have been strong, but he was walking here, there, everywhere because they didn't have transportation either. But he also saw the value of rest and of eating as well. We need to be wise. We should take care of our bodies. But you might say, why? Why do we need to? Because our bodies, number one, are temples of the Holy Spirit. God lives in us. And secondly, it's God's will for us to look after our bodies. And if we don't, then we're out of the game. We're no good for anybody. There's a famous pastor, famous man of God, preacher, sorry. His name was Robert Murray McShane. And he once said this. He said, God, give me a message to deliver and a horse to ride. Alas, I have killed the horse and now I cannot deliver the message. In other words, we need to look after our bodies. Otherwise, we'll be out of the game. Chuck Swindle, he once said this, another great man of God. He said, I'd rather burn out than rust out, shouts the zealot. Frankly, neither sounds very appealing to me. Either way, you're out. We need to take care of our bodies. We need to look after our bodies. This is an important lesson that I've had to learn because I, I put on weight. I became unhealthy. 
gone into terrible eating habits and things and I'm not a picture of perfection right now, but I've realized the importance that if I want to keep serving God, I want to honor God with my body. I want to reach more people. I don't want to die at a young age and have all these health problems that have been caused just by myself and poor living, which I've seen happen many, many times. But let's take care of our bodies. And finally, we need to sharpen our emotions. Peter Scazzero, he once said this. He said, emotional health and spiritual maturity are inseparable. As followers of Jesus, as Christians, we can't ignore our emotions, which I feel like we sometimes do. We brush our emotions under the carpet. And and when we do that, we close ourselves off to God and others. But then when we do that, we can't expect God to move in certain areas in our life. We can't expect God to meet our needs if we close ourselves off to him. If we don't handle that pain, that hurt, that bitterness, that loneliness, that whatever it is, If we close that area off to God, then Jesus can't come in and minister to us. But you know, I have great news for you today. One of the amazing names of our God, of the Holy Spirit, is Counselor. He is Counselor. Jesus Jesus himself in Isaiah, we read at Christmas time, he is wonderful Counselor. Jesus is the best Counselor. I thank God for the counselors that we are able to go and see, doctors, professionals who we're able to see. And if you feel like you need that type of help, then go and see them. It's not an unchristian thing to do that. If you need help, God's placed these people there. But you also have a counselor who's there every day, the best counselor, that is Jesus, who's always there to listen and who always has the answer. He has the remedy. Why? Because he knows you and he created you. I want to encourage you, don't close yourself off to God. If you've been hurt in some way, if you're struggling with your emotions, mental health, whatever it is, be courageous. Bring these to Jesus. Jesus encourages us in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is life. Come to Jesus. Don't have to, you don't have to stay stuck in that depression or that anxiety or that fear. Come to Jesus. Allow him to minister to you. Allow the Holy Spirit to come and break that cycle that you find yourself in of constantly failing and blaming yourself and going around and around and arguing with yourself and being hurt. Allow the Holy Spirit to break that cycle in you. He's able to lead you out and give you fresh life. He's able to bring a joy into your life. The Lord wants to carry your baggage. God's always willing to do a work in you. Why? So that you can do a work for him. God will never waste what you've gone through, but he'll use that to help you minister to other people as well. And so I want to encourage you, sharpen your emotions, get close to God, reveal it all to the Lord. And so as we come to a conclusion of this message today, you know, I believe there's nothing worse than becoming stiff, stale, apathetic in our Christian lives and our walk with Jesus. But Jesus here encourages us. He grew in stature. He grew physically, obviously, but he grew emotionally. He grew spiritually. He grew in his soul. He grew in his body, grew in his mind. And God wants us to keep growing as well. But this isn't automatic. This doesn't just happen. We can't just say, Lord, do it now. And that's it. We need to work with God. We must sharpen ourselves with the help of the Lord. And so I want to encourage you, let's keep renewing and sharpening our spirits, our minds, 
our bodies and our emotion our emotions let's keep coming to jesus and growing in him the kingdom of god is always growing and we're called to be in step with the kingdom of god and so let's keep growing just like jesus amen